Hey, this is H1, and we're going to be running it back with another episode talking about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, and chess understanding. Today, we'll be discussing why is it important to study the end game first. Most people have their own personal view on it, and I'm going to give you my own personal opinion on this, on why the end game is important. Some people would say the opening is more important. I don't know. I haven't heard an argument of why the middle game is important, but I'm going to give you three reasons of why you should be studying the end game first out of all of them. So just sit back, relax, grab a snack. Hey, if you're driving, listening to me, keep your eyes on the road. All right. You shouldn't be drinking and driving just to put that message out there because I care about y'all. But anyway, let's move on to the next segment. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why is it important to study the end game first? And my first reason on why it's important is because if you're a beginner, then it helps you figure out how each piece moves. For example, when you're a beginner, after you learn how all the pieces move, you're basically studying the end game because you're going to have to figure out how to checkmate your opponent. And one of the checkmates that you're going to be doing as a beginner is starting off with the queen rook checkmate the rook rook checkmate and then you go into the queen king checkmate and then and then the king rook checkmate and then after that it's important for you to recognize what you're supposed to be doing in the end game like getting your king active um making sure that you have an active rook things of that nature and what is the main purpose of an end game in the majority of positions is to promote a pawn once you got those concepts down then you will be a great beginner chess player, especially since I've seen so many games. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I, I've seen so many games by um, beginners and at tournaments too. And all the beginner had to do was push their pawn to promote it. But they allowed their opponent to get counterplay because the opponent was like, OK, if you're not going to push the pawn, I'm just going to run my king over there. And the player allowed their opponent to run their king over to the pawn to stop it. And then he lost the position because he didn't know how to play the end game. I've seen so many of those positions in real life that now I'm like, no, you need to study the end game because how are you going to do a perfect opening and then perfect middle game and then butcher up the whole end game, which is the most important part because you have to win. You have to win the game. Imagine getting into the end game and you don't even know how to checkmate your opponent. So that's why I would say, hey, study the end game first, especially seriously. Now, my second reasoning is that once you study the end game, and this is for intermediate players now, that it will reflect better on your middle game skills and your opening skills. Because once you realize this, everything is connected, but it all leads to the end game. And if you know how pieces maneuver and coordinate, just like how the Rook Knight um, 
just like how in certain positions the queen knight coordination is better than the queen bishop coordination that can reflect in your middle game play too so once you realize okay i'm getting into this opening my plan in this opening is to do this this and that and usually in this opening at least to these type of end game positions and then you can realize okay these are how the pawns are usually situated after i'm done with the opening and middle game so you can plan super far into the future and then realize okay i should be studying these type of end games since i already know that if i play a perfect game in the middle game and opening and if we get here okay this is what i'm supposed to be doing because i've already learned in my end game studies that these are solid um, these are dynamic positions because I have four pawns on the right and then my opponent has four pawns on the left. You, you can you get the drift, right? So the drift is, is that when you study the end games, you understand your pieces better. You understand what they're trying to do and where they need to be. And plus two, once you recognize, okay, how strong each piece can be, then when you get into the middle game, that should make you... Um, more hyper-focused on the activity and the quality of the pieces of what they can do all together. And so that's why I would say for intermediate players, please study the end game. It's really important. I want to skip it. And if you need a shortcut of where to start, just a bonus tip, start at Rook Pawn End Games. And that's going to be my next tip. When you study the end game, you can get more wins or draws than the average player. For example, there are a lot of players who do not know how to play the end game. And so once they get into the end game, they do stupid moves. And then you can capitalize on those moves because your opponent do not know what they're doing. They don't know the main goal. They don't know the main plan. Some players don't even know that when you get into the end game, you should be going after your opponent's pawns and being active with your pieces. Most and then I don't know which rating it is somewhere around under 1500. Some players don't even know that they should get their king active in the end game. Once you realize those essentials, those fundamental um, principles, you can get more wins and more wins, mean more rating points. And then that's going to boost your ego into, you know, being able to win against Magnus Carlsen one day, because that's why you're listening to this podcast. I know that the second thing, uh, the part two of that part, I said um, you get more draws. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're losing and you know drawn positions since you studied end games. So you know that um, if your rook is behind your opponent's pawn, your opponent passed pawn, and they're up that pawn. I can't show it because, you know, I'm talking in the podcast. But anyway, if you know about certain um, drawn positions than your opponent, then you're going to do better. You're going to do absolutely better. And not only better, but you're going to realize, okay, I could just draw this position and then think about the next game, what I should be playing next. It's important to realize how drawn positions can benefit you, especially when you're not trying to lose rating points, too. Usually, I don't advocate for drawn positions. You already know me. I advocate for winning the game always. If you're not winning the game, 
If you're not trying to win the game, then why are you playing chess? But if that's your last resort and you're down a couple pieces, a couple pawns or whatever, then that would be a benefit for you to have those drawn positions in mind already. And hopefully it's to a point where you just remember it by heart. That it's just muscle memory when you um, when you get into those positions. Like, for example, if you see a pawn on the edge and that's the only pawn your opponent has and it's like a king pawn endgame and your opponent is just up that one pawn and you don't have any pawns, you should already know that that's an endgame if you just stay in the corner stopping that pawn. Tips like those can help you... Um, can help you just um, be more confident when you're playing chess. And you can play an ugly opening, especially if you're under 1600 rating. You can play an ugly opening and still be good if your tactics is upbeat to the middle game and you can play a good end game. There's a lot of videos on end games. I have full videos in my YouTube channel. I got a full playlist on end games that you can look at. I would take advantage of those if you're trying to get better. But those are my three reasons of why the end game is important to study first. I wouldn't cut it out. I would just get it over with. Just take, just rip the bandaid off. I know a lot of people are interested more into openings and tactics in the middle. Actually, more people just interested into openings, doing gambits. Um, and nobody's interested in the ideas, the strategical ideas in the middle game, and definitely not the end game. Focus on the end game. You're going to have an advantage over the average player. And you're going to thank me later once you realize that. All right, let's go to the next segment. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for sitting through the podcast episode. I appreciate it. I put a lot of effort into it. So you're at the right place. I appreciate you being here. And if you haven't done so, just to stay notified, I would hit that follow button so that you can be sure that, hey, H1 put out a podcast episode. Hmm. I should probably listen. (laughs) All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Peace.